This is Sakif. This is Steven. Join us as we seek the dreamers and doers. Discover the extraordinary. And share the inspiring stories of people who are pursuing their passions and chasing their dreams. Welcome to the Sakif and Steven Show. Welcome to the show, guys. Today we have Milena Nian with us. And we're sitting in her new apartment, I guess. Like she just moved in three days ago. It's, uh, it's very cozy, I must say. And... <laughs> Yeah, so Milena is a she's a life coach. She gives you you know advice on how to live the life to the fullest. You know what? I'll just leave the rest to to you to you know tell the audience you know what do you do, where did it all start? Yes. Yeah, so um, oh my god. Now whenever I hear people ask me what do you do, I always fall into a bit of a like a panic because I don't know where to start with what I do. But basically, what I do is I help women uh, to love themselves and create a life that they want and also light up the world with their unique gifts and passions. And I do that through my work as a life coach, uh, also through my writing, my books, my blog, mm. and the content that I made and share on social media. Uh, if I could just ask you, where did this start, this idea to you know, help other women? I think it started uh, from my own pain. Um, okay. I was a very, very shy and insecure child. I remember when I was born very introverted and... Uh, my first grade teacher uh, told my mom that I was too shy for class. Mm. And I remember being, as a little girl, feeling never felt that I was beautiful. I felt insecure about myself. I had a lot of anxiety. I had suicidal tendency when I was a teenager and like have gone through very troubled relationships and uh, made choices that um, basically I made the mistake of following success that is defined by society and then mm. burn out in the process. So I just made all sorts of mistakes and, and yet something happened throughout the way that helped me realize something and then helped me to really turn it around and in order to create a life that that is that is mine, that feel like is my life and to be able to thrive in different areas of my life. So once I do that, I just have this calling to help as many women as possible mm. uh, to be able to overcome those challenges and create a life they want as well. And I also believe that it is the, the best thing I can do for a better world. It's amazing. Was there any like a moment, particular incident that made you want to break free and say, you know, I want to follow my own path to, and I want to create my own you know, definition of success? Yes, yes. And I call it my uh, awakening in 2014. Yeah. It was January 2014. And I back in the time I was working in Europe, um, I had a very prestigious position that a lot of the people who work in the same organization that I work with uh, really wanted. And it, I remember that afternoon I was walking home from work. And I still remember that street, you know, it was a gray street and it was January in Europe, it was cold. I was the last one to leave the office and I remember my heavy footstep and this laptop bag on my shoulders and I just, there was something that clicked in my mind at that moment. I realized that, wow, you know, everything just so great. Why is my life so great? And I have tried everything that I knew, uh, work really hard. Get it, got myself a nice boyfriend, got a really big title, do the work that I thought was meaningful and so on. I've checked all the boxes. Yeah. And why am I not happy? You know? Yeah. So in that moment I realized that well everything that I did up to that point that I thought were going to give myself happiness, that I thought will help me to feel belong and that will get love from other people, doesn't work. I do not feel 
any of that. And so, um, and so that was just a, a huge realization that the master plan or my way of achieving success by um, social standard um, does not work anymore. And I didn't know what to do back then, actually. I just knew that it didn't work. I didn't know how to make what would work. <laughs> so, but it was an important realization that I admit to myself that. Mm-hmm. And afterward, I feel that there's a ma- magic in telling ourselves the truth. Because that was the truth that I tried to run away for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to be happy. I wanted mm-hmm. to be happy. So I pretended I was happy. Until mm-hmm. I had to admit to myself that I was not. That what I was doing would not ever bring me the kind of happiness that, that is true. So... After that, oh my God, I think I need to write a book about this, but in short, um, there were so many different uh, serendipity and sort of magics and opportunity and invitations and people and teachers that come in my life to help me realize how is it to really live a life that is mine. As a Vietnamese woman uh, who were born in a traditional, rather traditional family, you've chosen a rather unconventional path because now you are pretty much freelance, you're a writer, you're a speaker and you're a yogi. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of oppositions and struggles uh, on the way of becoming who you really are and staying true to yourself. Could you share with us the most difficult parts on the path to freedom, personal mm-hmm. freedom? Yes. So as you say, there are a few things that come in mind. <laughs> One was definitely my parents. <laughs> Imagine going to your Vietnamese traditional parents and say that I have a Brazilian boyfriend. <laughs> Did not take that well. <laughs> so, so that one thing I, I remember many evening back in the time when when I was in Vietnam, I had a yoga studio of my own, a yoga meditation center, and I remember spending the whole day working at my studio, and in the evening come home. Uh, and as a lot of Vietnamese young people, I live with my parents <laughs> in the same place. My parents uh, come home and, and receiving all these questions like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. like, you have a business degree. You went work abroad. Why are you doing this yoga thing? Like, why are you becoming this? What is yoga? Why are you teaching physical? <laughs> like, um, at the same time, you have your own doubts, right? As any yeah. entrepreneurs. So that was really hard. But what I believe was the hardest is the, the, the stuff that I told myself, you know, the, the doubts and the fear that I myself had. The way that I deal with that was to constantly remind myself that the world is a mirror. Um, the reason why I was triggered by the doubts that I received from outside is because inside me, I still have doubt. So I come back to myself and I work with the doubts that I had and mm-hmm. constantly, constantly learning to believe me in myself again. And it's, it's, it's funny, but... When you start believing more in yourself, other people just naturally shut up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Always, it's still, even up to now, I am still following a path that is very different. I have my own business. I, um, I ride. It's very, I, it's very different from like um, maybe typical stereotypes for an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And I constantly still need to release more and more of that inner doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a everyday work do you like pitch yourself I'm doing you know I can't believe what I'm doing right now is I do sometimes I wake up and I'm like oh this is so cool like I get to do this stuff yeah, yeah. it's amazing yeah but it's definitely possible mm-hmm. of course you say you have a yoga studio in Vietnam this was you created this 
after you left uh, Europe? Yes. Okay. And how did that like start? Like so, it was uh, it was my first business, and mm -hmm. I just um, so one of the things that came with my awakening was um, I realized I discovered mindfulness. Talking about that, so after that moment of truth with myself, right, and in my following birthday, I everybody started giving me books, and all the book was about happiness. Maybe because I was so unhappy, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But all these books, when I read them, they are all point to the same place. Is they all point to this relationship that you have with yourself, like the connection you have with yourself. How do you treat yourself and so on? And I never thought about that. I always be very relational in a way that I think about how me and other people, how I treat them and how they treat me, blah blah blah. I never thought about me and me, like that relationship. And one, one big part about that is the ability to sit with yourself and observe yourself uh, so that you can be aware of yourself mm -hmm. and thus open this door to more self-understanding. And that's what mindfulness came in. And I fell in love with the practices. Uh, I had been always doing yoga before that, but then now with mindfulness, it's become real yoga, not just like, oh, yeah, physical thing, but um, yoga and meditation all together. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why when I decided to stop with the big organizations and, and decline all of the shiny invitation that I had back in the yeah. day. I decided to start my own thing and I thought, well, I just wanted to share that with as many people as possible. So come from a place of love. And it's funny because uh, I recall a moment, like four months after I started my studio, there was one day when I sit in a cafe and I realized that, well, I am an entrepreneur. I never started out thinking that I want to be an entrepreneur. It was all accidental. Yeah. And then I opened the studio and la la la, and then all of a sudden I realized, well, I really own my business now. I am an entrepreneur, not just, you know, sharing stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I started out really innocent in a way. I want to share with people what works for me. From my perspective, in recent years, I've observed there's a flood of self-help books, uh, you know, inspirational talks, trying to help people to find happiness. What do you think is the issue? Is, is it because people are getting more stressed or are people getting soft because it didn't really appear before? Um, the pursuit of happiness is and meaning, mm. right? Happiness and meaning. In, in life is the pursuit of the soul almost. It's a higher, um, I wouldn't say that something is worse or the other, but it's the higher pursuit when um, the physical needs are met. I don't know if I'm making sense, but mm. what my theory is um, because now there is this wave of a higher level of consciousness all over the globe and therefore more people are being called on this pursuit, mm. this pursuit of meaning, of um, of happiness, of, of peace, of living a life of purpose, not just safety anymore. So, so that is my theory. Mm, okay. So you've been doing this for a while now, coaching, um, yeah. writing your own stuff, your books. My fifth year! It's your fifth year, exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations! congratulations. <laughs> so we wanted to ask you, you know, what makes you the perfect person to talk to about self-love, about achieving success and breaking boundaries? Um, I don't know if I'm the perfect person, <laughs> but... Um, well, but what makes I think, you the person? Yeah, you yeah, so I could be the person to help others because... Um, I myself have gone through all sort of shit. Yeah. I was a mess, 
a mess. I, I wasn't someone who were born feeling very confident or mm-hmm. I was insecure. I had yeah. a lot of shame issues and a lot of internal struggles. That's why if I thought if I could do that, you know, anybody can. And that's also give me this, this total belief in self-transformation because I believed it. Um, so now when anybody who come to me with any issues, um, I could look at them and I could really say from the heart because I know it in my body that it's possible and I think that unwavering belief in someone is a very important key to their success. Yeah. Let's talk about creativity and arts for a little bit because uh, in our society where science, technology and economy are now the dominant forces for countries like Singapore, right? Do you think art is still relevant or is it still important to everyday life, to everybody on why? Yeah, uh, I really find this question very interesting because the way that it is framed somehow imply that there is the division between art and economy and science and technology. And what I'm seeing is um, it's there no difference. Uh, I am not, you know, I'm a part-time artist. I do painting. A lot of the painting you'll see around is actually mine. So I'm never interested in art for art's sake. I'm interested in art making and the ability of the art making process to enable creativities and to help us to be more open, to help us to embrace vulnerability and take risk. You know, when we talk about solving problems, right, interesting problems that we have in our economy and technology and science, problems that the world have, we all need creativity. And so I've experienced firsthand how by embarking on a journey of making art and stop telling myself the story that I'm not creative and not artistic and so on, it really helped my creativity to explode. And then that just naturally helped me to thrive in other areas of my life, whether it is my business, my Mm -hmm. relationship. You always solve creative, uh, challenging, um, interesting problems. So yeah, that's my take on it. If we just add on to that, so how do we cultivate this, this creativity? Yeah, so when people want to work with me, I, I have them to go through this, I call it 360 degree live review. And one of the questions in the review is, what is your secret dream? What is one of your, your secret dream that you would not, you even too afraid to tell anybody? And 80% of the people who come in say, reveal something about art. Like, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a, uh, an author. I want to be an, uh, I want to be a painter. I want to make something beautiful. How interesting is that? Especially the folks that I end up that reach out to me a lot, right? Very driven people who really want success in their life, and they have this unmet secret that they don't won't even admit to themselves or other people because they are afraid that it might sound silly <laughs> or way too out of reach. So that is interesting. Back to your question, uh, Sakif. The first thing I would say is to admit our, to ourselves that we want it, and and not say to say to ourselves what the old, the adult told us when we were small. I remember when I was small, I really wanted to go to piano class, learn to piano, and then I was made to go to math class instead because piano is not going to make me rich, <laughs> right? Anybody relate? <laughs> it's not. It's not important. So to to admit that to ourselves and. To really honor that desire and tell ourselves that if something, even if it's something not end up to be the main income stream, doesn't mean that it's not worth pursuing. I think a lot of people, especially they have multi-passions, uh, one of them with art, they end up like, oh no, no art, because not going to make me 
my yeah. money, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to to make it worthy, you know. I love this uh, concept of being a part-time artist. It could be a, um, a full-time software designer and a part-time sculptor. How yeah. interesting is that? Yeah. You could be mm-hmm. a full-time... What do you do, Stephen? Uh, data analyst. You could be a full-time data analyst and a part-time... What do you Podcaster. like? Podcaster. <laughs> Podcasting is creativity. You are create making stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Making stuff using your own ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So there you go. And mm-hmm. and art is not just in the paint and sing and dance and so on. It's not just limited like that. I think any anything that is created from inside you, mm-hmm. you are giving life into something that did not exist before. That is creative. That is art making. Mm. That makes you an artist. Nice. What is one or two values that you that you hold dearest to yourself? What a great question. So the number one is my um, it's it's freedom, and because yeah. there's a huge word, and everybody wants freedom. <laughs> I would uh, my second TED talk was about that, uh, and I would like to define that a bit more. So freedom means to be free from my own from my own limiting beliefs. I think that is my okay. that is my ultimate definition of what it yeah. is to be free, is to constantly be aware of how I am limiting myself and constantly releasing myself of that belief. Mm. Um, so that's number one, um, and the second is love. Um, it's also a huge word. So uh, it is love for for myself, loving yeah. for love for people around me, um, people that I come into contact with, yeah. and also love for the world. A lot of people we spoke to, um, uh-huh. even last week, said the same thing. Like love. love, like if you don't love something, um, if you don't like love for what you're doing for yourself, then uh, it's not gonna work. Yeah. So those are those I think are the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of love, um, you have a book. Um, it's called Ten Thousand Miles for Love. Uh, could you share with us a little bit what's the book about? That book, um, the full title of it is Ten Thousand Miles for Love: Practical and Soulful Guide uh, for for the Modern Women. And uh, this, the book, in the book, I shared my personal story of um, living through this four years long distance relationship with a Brazilian, basically someone who was born half like half the world away, yeah. and uh, how we overcame all the challenge in order to create not just a relationship but a relationship that is um that is empowering i think i have my own definition there are relationships that is disempowering and there are relationships that are empowering and and we we have found a way to create that relationship so sharing from my own story but also from my experience of helping women to cultivate that same quality relationships as well with a soulmate so there yeah for anyone who would like to be braver and wiser in love and would not want to would stop wanting to leave relationship for chance i don't know if there's other country in asia say that as well but in vietnam we always have this thing of like love is you know like what destiny or like basically it's out oh, of yeah. your control oh, it's yeah. it's something that is oh yeah it fall from the sky and you just kind of accept whatever I don't believe that. I think love is something that we could very intentionally create. A great mm-hmm. relationship. It takes intention. It takes effort. It takes knowing how to um, and practice. So, so for anyone who also relate resonate with that, it'd be a perfect book for them. <laughs> Where can they get this book? Uh, they can Google that ten thousand miles for love, mm-hmm. um, and it should appear the first thing. It will be on Amazon, Amazon, and you can you guys can get that through eBooks. 
Okay. On your keynote. We are actually almost coming toward the end of the podcast, but one thing that we'd like to ask our guests is if you could just share one key message for the audience, what would you tell them? <sighs> if someone wants to come come to you like just for like they don't know what they want to do in their life, what's the first thing that they can do? Like what's the first thing that you advise them? Um, I think what what comes to my mind, I say so many things I want to say, but what comes to my mind at, right now at this moment is um, to be honest to yourself. Ask yourself, is there anything that I don't admit to myself right now? Yeah. Is there any truth I'm trying to hide even from myself? Um, how am I this? How am I, how am I lying to myself about what is really going on in my life? Am I pretending to be happy when I'm not? Am I pretending to, um, to 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 feel satisfied when I'm not? So be very very honest to yourself. The awakening that I had in 2014 happened because I finally, I finally stopped denying, being in denial about that, the fact that I wasn't happy and just admit that, that that I was was not happy. And then afterward, dare to decide. Like one of my, well, my coach, um, Bev Barnes, she had this amazing phrase that I really love. She said, "Dare to decide. Dare to decide that you're going to create a life that is yours." You know, that looks like yours and feel like yours. Not just a life that looks good, but does not feel good. So, yeah, so that truth, complete honesty to self and commitment to create a life that is yours. That's important. It's well said. Life coaches, are they always happy? Life coaches, oh no. <laughs> I don't believe. So life coaches are typically people who have been through a lot of messes in their life. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, so, so I am training the Martha Beck Institute and Martha Beck has this amazing uh, method to guide us life coaches that uh, hell and back. What is your hell and back story? What okay. is the hell that you've been through and you've been back? Okay. Use that. As your need, <laughs> you have to teach. You have to help the people who are in hell, mm-hmm. um, and you can help them because you've been there and back. The people who a coachee or someone who come to to us uh, as life coaches, what they really need is the ability for us to look at them in the eyes and say, "I know how you're feeling, and it will be okay." You know, and 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 I think that you can only say that once you really know in your bone that it's okay. So that's just my personal take. But yeah, I've messed up a lot. And I think uh, it's not true that we are always happy. We, we are always constantly in our learning, um, always constantly understanding what's our demons, how, how are we limiting ourselves and constantly releasing ourselves from that. Final question. Yeah. Would you have any advice for us? Because we are, we would say newbie. 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 We're starters. We're, we're starters. Uh, podcast. In this whole podcasting thing, we just started early this year. Would you have any advice for us? We're just starting out with this in this creative journey and this journey towards freedom. Oh, great! I really love someone who just start that. This is really I just feel that fresh energy. So to to use and anybody who is starting your creative projects or any passion projects, there are two things that came to my mind. The first thing is to keep in mind the play factor. There is a cool book i'm not sure about the title but they talk about total motivation and they say that uh, the top three motivations is um number three is potential 
Number two is purpose. And num number one is play, or you know, it's fun. <laughs> so, so uh, as you are going through this, keep in mind, like, ask yourself, how can I make it fun? Mm. How can I really make it? You know, what would make me feel really excited? Uh, because it's not only what you do. Many people do podcast, but it's about how, like how you do it in your yeah. own way. Mm -hmm. That make it most fun to you and most unique, uniquely you. That will be what sets you apart and also what make it sustainable. Because you, it's just too fun. You just, you just do it for its own sake, and yeah. you are less attached to how many readers, li right. listeners, going to listen yeah. to my podcast and so on, all these uh, things that we might not have too many control over. Mm -hmm. So play. And the second thing is do not give your power away. I think when I first started a lot of my project, I tend to do a lot of research about what the gurus say. You know, what is the best way to do a podcast and um, what's the best way to start a coaching business and you have to do this and this and that and I'm just tired afterwards so if you would do a research um, yes be open for expert advice and so on but never ever give your power away eventually always come back to your to yourself and really ask yourself what light me up do not do anything that is like as a standard of successful yeah. podcast, yeah. but doesn't does not feel okay for you. You know, it's mm -hmm. felt off. It does not light you up. Just just throw that away and don't bother. This is something that I learned. I paid to learn that, so learn from my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's good, really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Milena, very much. It was a short session, but it was uh, really, really, really good. enriching. Amazing. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> it was it. my pleasure to talk to you and to all the guys, uh, all of you guys who are listening. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure to share with you. Where can they know more about you? Like, where can they check you out? Uh, check you out. Where can they? Yeah. No, oh, no. Check me out. <laughs> they can check me out. <laughs> I mean, I'm married. Oh, <laughs> But uh, if they, you guys all Google Milena Nguyen, I'll make mm -hmm. sure that you put my last name right. <laughs> it's yeah. a typical Vietnamese last name. But if you Google Milena Nguyen, uh, you, might, you might just pick up the, my exact name on the show note. But uh, if you Google that, there will be um, my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. my Facebook channel, my website. Um, I blog. So I'm pretty active on my blog and I'm pretty active on my Facebook. I do live stream every Thursday mm -hmm. and I blog once every two two weeks. So yeah, reach out and send me questions. And if you guys have any thoughts about the show, I'd love to hear as well. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Milena.